Welcome back to another episode of Ask Men Anything. I'm your host, Emma Wilman. Thank you so much for being here. There's so many things you could be doing. I appreciate you. I appreciate your time. Before we get to today's episode, I wanted to say that I will be in Boston November 16th and Beverly, Massachusetts November 17th and 18th. I'll be there doing shows. I'm not just telling you where I will be. And then tomorrow I'll be at the grocery store. I'm doing shows Boston November 16th, Beverly, Massachusetts 17th and 18th. I would love to meet you. Also, in terms of connecting, we have a Google number, a Google voice number. So you can call in, leave a message, 201-754-8351. That's 201-754-8351. And also along with the Google voice number, we've got the email address, ama at betches.com. Write in thoughts, questions, apologies you want. Oscar and I in today's episode talk about mantras and miracles. Don't, don't get skeptical. Wait, hear it, hear it. Please don't turn out now. I know that can be a big turnoff. But if that's something that speaks to you, your mantra, I would love, I would love to know what mantras you're doing. AMA at Betches.com. Thank you so much. And here is our episode with my good buddy, comedian Oscar Aiden. If I sound a little nasally, it's because I have allergies. I'm not sick and I'm not in denial about that. I've got allergies. I don't know if you can hear it. I'm very self-conscious about it. I'm sorry. It is what it is. Today, my guest, you might know him from Amazon Prime, Bravo. He performs all over New York City. He's absolutely hilarious. He's our first gay guest, and he's my friend. Please welcome Oscar Aiden. Oh, my gosh. Hello. Thank you for throwing in the... He performs all over New York City. Not like I haven't traveled to perform. He travels. Yeah. Where's the farthest away you've gone? Uh, L.A. Nice. Yeah. Have you had allergies at all this season? Oh, I don't know. Does like herpes and gonorrhea count as allergies? Because that really just knocks it out of you. Uh, I never. I have to not get had those. I just want everybody to know for the audio that I did go to my PCP, primary care physician, two weeks ago, and everything nice. is just fine. Thank Woo! you very much. Excellent. You went in and just said, "Check me." Yeah. Run. Do, like, run me also, through. Also, you know you're a hoe if you're in the waiting room. Like waiting to get your STD results and you're hitting on someone no, while you're there. No. And you're like, hey, what are you here for? Do you come here? Do you come here often? Do you come here often? You're trying to like get him. Can I get you a yeah. drink or you get pouring him little water cups? Yeah. yeah. We I got their little pee cups. You know that they're safe. Yeah. Well, that's true. That's you know good, they're taking care of themselves. And that's important. I had I went in to get, I was supposed to get um, it put under for something. I should know. Oh, my IUD. I got an IUD. Which, if you don't know what that is, it's like it's it's birth control, because I got an IUD for my because my period I get so depressed around my period. So I was looking. I said I need some help here, and my doctor said you could try an IUD. It might help regulate your hormones. But I was so scared, Oscar, that I wanted to get knocked out. So I went to a place to like knock me out, but I stopped because I went into the bathroom and there was like four or five loose cups of urine out and about in the bathroom, and I, I was like. Uh, I'm so sorry to bother you guys, but I think there's some like loose urine in the bathroom. And the woman went, shit. And then they went and like gutted up. And I was like, I, and then I left and I was like, I don't want to get knocked out here where there's urine roaming around. Seems unsafe. Cause it's supposed to go, you're supposed to pee in the cup and then put it in the little pee cup holder, right? There was three or four pee cups open, loose topped in the bathroom. Yeah. And I said, not for me. What is this? The New York City subway? That's what I like, said. Come on. That's what I said. Clean up after yourself. Yeah, health and hygiene. Health and hygiene. I'm not high maintenance. I literally was like, um, excuse me. I don't know if I'm being weird here, but like the urine. Oh, 
Oh. I'm not, you know, usually it's in the toilet, but now it's in cups. What are we doing? What are we doing? What's with the urine in the bathroom, not in the toilet? No, I know that's so bad. So I'm that sorry. I went and got my, I went and got my, uh, I got the IUD, but I didn't get knocked out. And you know what? It didn't hurt. I took it like a champ. Okay. Mm-hmm. I know so it's now, throwing a lot it, at is you. It like, about... uh, is this IUD like, what is it? Is it like a wishbone looking thing? Oh my like, God, what it is, is. It? What is that? Yeah. I've it, heard of it. I've heard so I don't through the gape vine. The, the, first of all, and that's what gays use. That's what we use when we've got to talk about things that we're not sure. So we just talk about things through the gape vine. For every single person I told I had an IUD was not thinking it was. They thought I was coming out as I don't know something. Like people were like, "Oh, what you on a birth control? What?" I mean, I'm not gonna lie, Emma. When you first said you were getting an uh, but of IUD, it would be I was for... like, "You are a lesbian." Yes. Yes. Okay. Because I mean, and I guess it. I mean, but the, now I think what happens is the misinformation, because things go through the grapevine, right. is that people don't realize that it's not just for Could preventing be. pregnancy. It can be for other things, for as other you things. stated. There yeah. is a lot of misinformation around, yeah. periods around here, yeah. though. Because I yeah. told, I was talking to someone and I said, oh, I went to the gym before I went and got the idea. I was really sore. And he said, oh, they make you do that? And I said, wait, what? And he said, the I, the doctor made you go to the gym first. And I was like, no, 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 no. Do you know what an IUD is? And he was like, not really, no. So, so <laughs> there's a lot of misinformation about. Was this a gay? No, it was a straight guy. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, they yeah. also are clueless. He was like, oh, sorry to hear that. Yeah, I'm so sorry for your loss. <laughs> I'm so happy for you that you don't get that time of the month. Who? You. Uh, I am, you know, I, let me tell you something. <laughs> Do you think up? There are going to be straight people that are going to be like, no, I... <laughs> I beg to differ. I really? think that gay men sometimes get a little emotional. Sure. But yeah. you think in like as in a PMS type of way? I don't know if it's necessarily a PMS type of way, but I do believe that we do ha- are in tune to our emotional mm. feelings a little bit more. Yes. I mean, 90, I would say 98% of the time we are just horny mm. and then two percent of the time i think there are is some emotions and we're like oh you know I we wonder... see a video of a you know a dog or something and we're like oh life right oh god for a bit a dog getting like a dog seeing it's have you seen that i've been on the algorithm of like people coming home from the military and then their dog finds them and they haven't seen in years yeah. and oh tear i do the same thing whenever i see a man in uniform <laughs> what is your type do you have a type well, <laughs> uh, let's see. My type, after uh, my previous relationship, I would like to say that my type is someone with a high credit score and a stable bank account. Holler. <laughs> Holler. Putting that, <laughs> put that right on the app's fair. Let me tell you something. Do you want to know something interesting? So I recently became single. And yes. It was, it, you know, it was a, I was in a three-year relationship, very nice person. We just, you know, we're not on the same page. Right. And that's okay. Uh, because that's life. Sure. You know, you, not everybody's always going to be on the same page and you need to find someone who is. Uh, very therapy I, of you. Right. Yes. And so uh, I recently became single and I joined an app. Now, on this app, maybe I use a picture of maybe not... M- like my face. <laughs> I thought or, you were saying maybe not me. I'm right, like, yeah. no, but like not my face right. or maybe not my, you sure. know, my stomach or maybe I use a, a body part that would attract people more than Your just feet. my face, right? Oh, yeah. It's interesting because the people that hit me up would never give me the time of day if they saw me walking down the street. Really? Yeah. 
So I've seen people. This is a real flex on the dick department. I mean, I'm just good for you. Saying, let them know up top. And do you want to know something? Mm-hmm. When these people message me, I just say no thanks. I know who you are. No thanks. Do you want to know why? Wait, wait, wait. wait. Why? Because you want to know what something? Do you know what? It's How not that. It's somebody? not. It's not. No, it's the people who would never give me the I time see, of I day. See. It's not them. It's their character. Mm. So their character is what turn like confidence and character are the two things that like it, when you asked me to bring this back, what are some things that I find like what turn like what kind mm-hmm. of type of man I like confidence and character. So if you have if either like hopefully both of those are very like strong and and positive, you got me. Confidence. Otherwise, nope. Especially as you, I see confidence as like taking responsibility for things yeah. too, and that is very attractive. Yeah. Own your shit. Pay your fucking cable bill. Pay your okay? Pay. Just pay the that spectrum cable me. bill. So before we get into our listener emails, we have some questions for you about masculinity. Yeah. Now, this is a question that we always start with. How has the concept of masculinity changed from when you were a kid to now? No wrong answers. I'm curious in any of your thoughts and experiences with it. Oh my God, this is such an interesting question. Can you use it in a sentence? Yes, sir. <laughs> okay. I'm getting so many flashbacks of when I uh, was failing in, um, yeah. in when I would do spelling bees. That's how they diagnosed me with dyslexia, not to go on off an ADHD tangent. But they would say, I would always say, can you use it in a sentence to buy more time? Because I couldn't spell. It's okay. Okay. Um, That's not you being nothing but just very smart. Yeah. Thank you. So I guess what it would mean to break it down, it would be like, so masculinity as something that's kind of like put on us. It's it's an individual journey, but then also we're marketed to you. So people are saying, Oscar, this is what it means to be a man. Like, where did you get your concept of quote unquote manhood from and then have you seen it like it could be like from a parent or the media or some little impression Oscar like a lot of times people will notice it where they go like say you wanted to diverge from it like mm-hmm. be like boys do this and you're like but I might want to do this like mm-hmm. I remember masculinity so I was a child model really yeah I was a child model and I, I know, say really just that, I know no, no. you look at me now and you're like how no, no. How? I said really because I'm surprised I didn't know that about you, not because I'm like, really? There's a lot of things people don't know about me, yes, which is funny because I'm actually very it. secretive. Mm. So uh, I used to be a child model. And I remember one time I was doing this event where And it how was, young are we talking? Uh, seven, eight, a nine. Baby. Yeah. At 10. And I remember this one event. I think I was like uh, probably... I had gone into kind of like the, not mature, but like young adolescent modeling. And I was doing this event. It was for this big wedding fashion company. And I remember the guys there and they were the groomsmen. And I was kind of like, I wasn't a groomsman, but I was a, uh, I don't know. Like a little flower boy? Not a flower boy, but I was part of the wedding party. And these groomsmen were just very like, rugged and mm-hmm. masculine and just daddies and i was like oh okay <laughs> was now, this a sexual awakening as well <laughs> i don't know if it was a sexual awakening but it was definitely something where i was like oh i equate their actions and their character as mm. masculine and so every time i would see that going forward in the future i would equate what other people associated their character to to that that makes so much sense because weddings are so intensely 
gendered. I'm so glad that you understood what I said because honestly, I lost track of what I was saying and just <laughs> hoped it sound right. <laughs> my life, my life. That is my like, life. I was like, I hope. Yeah, you're whatever on a roller coaster. I'm saying, you're like, a sounds ah. smart, but I'm like, in the back of my mind, I'm like, Oscar, bring this airplane in for landing because. That actually makes 100% sense, yeah. though, because that's like put on us when they're saying like, this is this is the man side and these are the behaviors and we're all in this uniform and this is the woman side and we're in this behaviors and this is all this uniform. And it's very like I had a real clash with my sister when I was trying to diverge from because she wanted me to wear this like fluffy dress at her wedding. And I had like a break. Bo- her and I both had breakdowns about it because we were like, what do we do? Yeah, I was like, because but it's like they are. That's where I started being like, wow, this is like really put on us. You know, I don't know. I mean. Yeah, I think that that's kind of like, I mean, my dad was very masculine, but he was working so much Mm. that I never really like, it was never, you know, he cut the grass, he cooked steaks. I remember that. Like, I remember like one of the manly things was that he would be on the grill cooking the steaks in the summertime and my mom would be inside prepping the, you know, the rice pilaf and, Mm. you know, the salads and everything. And, but he'd be the man on the grill. Why do guys always get thrown on the grill? I wonder where that comes from. I don't know, but it is kind of hot. My dad's always on the grill. Yeah. It's freezing in May. Do you want to know? It's mm. an escape from... (laughs) They're trying to get out of the house. Yeah, it's, just, it's how you get out of the house. He's, it's, and maybe that's how they like get their faces steamed. It's like a masculine way to like get you like get the pores there open. Is, let me tell you something. Uh, there is nothing better than the smell of a good barbecue. Mm. Every uh, I don't care. No matter where you are, there's nothing. There's nothing better. Do you than barbecue? This. Uh I have a uh, 175 square foot apartment. I don't know if I listen. I'd have to move, remove my bed in order to have yeah, it's, a barbecue. Yeah, it's one or the other. Yeah, it's one or the other. I'm eating chicken, but I'm sleeping on the floor. <laughs> yeah. When did you become aware of of gender as a concept? Like, when do you think kids start acting differently toward one another based on gender? The only time I think I, I I don't know. I mean, obviously, I knew gender because like you, boys were boys and girls were girls. Mm. You know, you see everything associated with bathrooms. So yeah. boys and boys. Girls and girls, you see like birthday parties, girls had pink, boys had blue. Right. So you already knew that. Would they? Would there be like, you're going to the boys' birthday party and you're going to the girls' birthday party? Or do you have an intermix of friends? I didn't have that many friends. Really? Yeah, so I just, <laughs> my friends were my Barbie dolls. So. Fair. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, no, honestly, I didn't have a lot of friends growing up. I think I had one friend, Nathan Hemingway. Great shout guy. out to Nathan Hemingway. I would have been your friend. Shout out to Nathan Hemingway because you know he he stuck by me. Mm. And Mariah Roby, I'm so sorry, Mariah, Mariah Roby, Rockford, Illinois. In grade school, she protected me. What do you think was was were people being mean? Just yeah, and she always just stuck up for me. God she was bless. always there. God bless. She was always there. And when my aunt passed away and I had to clean out her home, mm. she came oh my God, to the this, rescue this and angel. helped me. I know. She actually, I think she she was probably like an a guardian angel because she's always been there for me and I mm. love her. So shout out to Mariah Roby. She is definitely a friend that is worth everything. Were people making fun of you just because they were like, like what 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 was the I think remember like uh, you know, when I was growing up, I mean, I'm only 23. And so right. when I was growing up, at, Four shush, years ago. everybody else in the room can just hush. <laughs> if you're going to laugh, at least do it behind the computer screen so I don't see you. Thank you very Oscar's much. Oscar's talking to our producer. <laughs> <laughs> and she's just rolling on the floor well, at the when moment. We, when I said so. he was a child model, she just left the room. She said, yeah. I can't take this She was shit. like, she threw the cards <laughs> up in there. It was like a real Housewives reunion. No. She was like, I'm not 
doing this anymore. Uh, no, I think like when I was a kid, I was very flamboyant mm. and I was very different. I had a unibrow. I had dandruff. We I was had, not the becoming of a homosexual. I can tell you that right now. We I was the becoming of a Middle Eastern goat herder or something. Like I was not the making of a homosexual. We had a, although that does sound like an incredible show, the making of a homosexual in oh, God, so I many know, different right? genres that it yeah. could be. We had, I kind of forgot about this, but we had, there was one really flamboyant kid in my elementary school, but it was like, we didn't really, I, I went to such a hippie elementary school that I, yeah. it wasn't until high school where then I remember these guys started being mean to him and we all like gathered around him because he was like, it was first through eighth grade, super hippie school, no grades, yeah. Waldorf, like funky, funky, funky. And that's why I think it. my parents didn't know I had learning differences because I was like painting finger paintings all day. I had, I think. Did you butch it up, like try to? A little bit, but mm. I also hid, I think I hid my gayness behind my humor. I totally relate to that. So like in high school, instead of I was gay, I was funny. Yes. And so people are like, oh, is he? No, I'm just funny. I'm the class clown. I'm everybody, you know, I had girlfriends. I remember this one girlfriend, Andrea. She was great. But whenever I went over to her house, I was owed, I always end up staring at her brother. I thought you were going to say her boobs. Sure. <laughs> no. No, because her brother was in the military. And I remember once he was sitting in there and he had his uniform on. And I was just like, I think hmm. we were talking and it was like, you were here. And her brother was over there. And I'm like, uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yep. Uh-huh. I dated this guy, I remember, and he had a sister named Emily. And I remember being on the phone and literally asking, what's Emily up to? Like, I was like trying to holler at the, I couldn't yeah. place it at the time, but I, I remember Emily and I kind of flirted at a party in my head. And so then I was always asking him, like, how's how. how How's that? That's great. But how's like, how's your sister going to be there? Yeah. You'd be like, do you want to go on a date or not? I'm like, yeah, yeah. With your sister, you and your sister. <laughs> What's your most feminine trait that you like about yourself? My feminine trait? <laughs> God, I'd love to see how the other guests answered this one. Where are you most masculine? My most feminine trait. I have to say my ass. Great ass. Yeah, I have a good ass. I do have a good ass. Important. Yeah. I'm busy on the go and don't always have time to go to the grocery store and pick out what I'm going to eat for the week. Thankfully, I found ButcherBox. They take the guesswork out of shopping and cooking with a great selection of fish, chicken, beef, and more. And their cuts of meat are always way better than anything I would find in the grocery store. I love their chicken thighs. Best chicken thighs I've ever had. I swear on my mom. With ButcherBox, you can easily find high-quality meat and seafood you can trust. I can get 100% grass-fed, beef-free-range organic chicken and wild-caught seafood delivered straight to my doorstep. I don't even have to mess with going to the store. Plus, they have free shipping always. And because this is really important to me, with ButcherBox, all the meat is humanely raised. That means no antibiotics or added hormones. You can curate and customize what you want in each box. And if you're feeling uninspired in the kitchen, they have an entire catalog of delicious recipes to get you started. All I have to think about is what I'm going to binge watch on TV while I enjoyed ButcherBox's high quality cuts. Sign up at ButcherBox.com slash AMA and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free for a year offer plus an additional $20 off. Choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at ButcherBox.com slash AMA and use code AMA to choose your free for a year offer. Plus, get $20 off your first order. 
we have a listener email today. All right. We've got some listener emails in it. Thank you guys so much for writing in AMA at Betches.com. Oh my God. I love this, by the way. Can I just mm, say real quick? I please. love Betches. I love that you say Betches right every single time because every now and then I slip up. I say bitches. Yeah. Big problem. But as someone with a heavy accent, I'm always like a bitch. Mm. Betches. It's, I think mine's dyslexia. And it, I don't do it now. But like right. there was a couple weeks where I was like, I'm going into bitches. And my girlfriend would be like, bitches. And I'm like, bitches. <laughs> yeah, I love bitches. They did their gay pride show at the yes. stand. It was so much fun. So much fun. I've made yeah. peace with gay prides. I used to get so nervous around them. Why? I don't know. I used to get scared. It wasn't the gay men. I would get scared of what I thought the queer women and lesbians would think I would get scared. Can I tell you, can I just, can I just please, say please. something about gay pride? Yeah. I am so happy that we are able to express ourselves and just mm. enjoy a full moment of expression. But I do think that we don't need to wear some of the things that we wear. Oh, my God. That, I mean, there are some things where I was walking down the street and I was like, that is a decision. You're just clutching your pearls. Yeah. Where, yeah. Like, even as a gay man, I was like, OK, that's a choice. Mm -hmm. That is a choice. Now, no judgment because they are feeling free. Yes. And fabulous. But also on the flip side, as a gay man and someone who is somewhat into fashion, and by that I mean I shop at DJ Maxx and Marshalls, right. <laughs> I do have a judgmental side every once in a while. Does it come and it comes up more during Pride? Yeah. Like, you should know better. You should, ma'am. You should know better. You're just fanning yourself by yeah. the. Do you do the floats? Uh, I used to actually announce the floats. Ooh. So I was one of the announcers Fun. for several years. And then, uh, you know, Drag Race came out and right. then they were like, okay, we don't want gay men anymore. We're uh, just going to have drag queens. Got it. You so got demoted. I don't, yeah, I don't do it anymore. Now we have a question from a listener in our segment called Why Do Men? So this is an email written in. Now, is this email, do they know I'm on the show or they just sent it in in general? So they literally do it, Dear Emma and Man. Oh, okay. And today's man is Oscar Aiden. Please, okay. please follow him on all the social media platforms. He Thank is a delight. Thank you very much. Thank you. This is the question. Uh -huh. Why do men not care how they... <laughs> um, why do men not care how they look? My fiance doesn't care about his appearance and I can't figure out if this is a problem with all men or just him. He's kind, ambitious, and loving and I adore him. I love to hear that. That's me saying that. And then it goes on. We have been together for four years and we'll be getting married in September 2024. Congrats. I am by no means a fashion icon, but I do my best to have some sort of style aesthetic and generally try to refresh and add pieces to my wardrobe every couple of months. My fiance, on the other hand, couldn't care less about his appearance and his clothing. The majority of his wardrobe is clothing his mother bought him in high school and free t-shirts he collected in college. I had to literally bribe him to get him to wash and moisturize his face. He is a 31-year-old man still wearing American Eagle branded shirts that are now getting too small for him. I love him dearly, but this is a huge ick. How do I nicely tell him he looks ridiculous and that he needs to invest in his appearance a little? Is there a way you'd suggest I try to get him to care? I have tried the angle of Jedi mind tricking him with endless compliments when he is in an outfit I like or picks a hairstyle that looks good, but that doesn't seem to have done much. Thank you for your help. Okay, straight men don't care about compliments. They don't. You think? No, they don't. I don't know. Now, let me tell you something. Straight men aren't obsessed with dancing on TikTok? Yes, okay? They, yeah, they, the straight men who are on TikTok and dancing and all that, they love compliments. I but generally, love a straight man 
doesn't really care about compliments. I think if you tell him once in a while that he looks good, I think he's happy. But remember, a straight man has this innate ability to not care what other people think. And that's why sometimes I think like gay men are kind of attracted to straight guys. Mm. It's weird because like straight men don't care. Like they don't care what they look like, and Is gay men true? would love that. Or do you think they're just pretending because they don't no, even know? No, I don't to think begin. they really. Care. They actually don't care because remember they're not brought up to worry about what they look like. Right. So for this email, for this listener, your husband, fiance, whoever has was never brought up to care what he looks like. He was probably brought up to ensure that when he marries someone or when he's in a relationship with them, that he treats them right. Hopefully, yes. Right. So if he is treating you right and he's paying attention to you and he's giving you the love and affection and attention and validation and support that you need, then he was brought up knowing that that is what it's important in right, life. Right, like the reward Vers- system right, wasn't versus wired. Versus what you look like. Like, I'm pretty sure if he was growing, like if they grew up in Hollywood or California, then maybe, mm. right? But- that's probably not how he was brought up. It's, you were brought mm. up based on how you look and what your fashion is and what how people are going to perceive you. So what's going on is that now you are trying to basically push that onto him. So rather than do that, maybe what you can do is take a look at his style, see what he wears, and find pieces, instead of buying for yourself, find pieces for him that you can incorporate into his style. And say, oh, I saw this American Eagle, like, uh, Mm. I saw this vintage t-shirt. It's so cool. I thought you would love it. Because right now, vintage is in, right? Oh, I saw this jacket. It's vintage. It's really cool. I thought you'd like it. Let me know. And don't approach it where you're like pushing him to wear it. Be like, hey, babe, you know, I found this great thing. I thought you would like it. If not, I'll totally return it. Let him make the decision whether he likes it or not. Don't push it on him that he needs to like it or he needs to wear it. It's kind of like you're playing reverse psychology. We were like, oh, okay, well, if you don't like it, then I don't care. You right. know, I'll just take it back. It doesn't you're matter. You're not being desperate. You're not but, like, I need you to have right. this new shirt for the love of God. Right. right. It's like you're like, hey. Uh, if you want, if you want, I got it. If you like it, I'll right. return it. It's whatever. That's you know? actually worked on stuff that um, like girlfriends and people have done for me before. Because yeah. the only reason I've ever started like really putting into like, how do I figure out with clothes is purely just for being on stage or like getting my picture taken. Right. Because I truly, and there's times where I'll think something is a win. Like I recently left to my own devices. I wanted to get something I thought looked cool. So I got an Adidas tracksuit that's bright red. I ordered it. I was like, I'm going to come out of the bathroom. My girlfriend and her friend, because I was going to wear it for some photos. They're going to be like, oh, my God. I come out. I'm expecting awesome, Emma. They both went. (gasps) And I was like, what? And they're like, did you not see the Royal Tenenbaums? And I was like, no. And they're like, they pulled up the picture. I got the same tracksuit in that. And that's why it was $40. (laughs) I didn't know. Emma, do you need a gay to help you shop? I I don't. I I have a really hard time with how clothes work, but it's kind of like, I don't think I would, like to what you said, like I, my reward system of it wasn't, I never sought out people being like that. Those clothes look good together. And I think I was afraid to even try because then when I try, I get. (laughs) Let me tell you something. I would love it. Like my ex was like, we got to upgrade your style. He said that to you. In a way of like, hey, like you're with me. We gotta upgrade your style mm, a little bit. How that make you feel? Um, honestly, amazing. Oh, good. 
because for me, I do care what my appearance right. is. And like, I do care how I look. I feel bothered and when girlfriends say that. When, let me, let hmm. me tell you something. When you dress like money, you have money. So they say, I've heard this. I mean, you're dressing for the part, right? Right. And people are, I've noticed a difference. Like when I have things that match or like for me, yeah. like I would a lot of times have schmutz on stuff. Yeah. So then people like my Lex, my girlfriend is in advertising and she'd be like, Hey, like we need to try to look like put together, right. like aspirational here. And I'm like, yeah, I'm trying, I'm trying. And she's like, right. But there's like mustard all throughout the face. So like, here's mm. the thing about like, here's the thing about fashion is that honestly, like when you try too hard, it's like for me, meh, uh, also, in terms of like showing wealth and everything, it doesn't need to be like, uh, you know, I need to be head to toe fucking Prada. Okay. Right. You need a few pieces to make sure that you look good. Number one, a good watch is oh. always important in terms of like looking stylish, right? Mm. A good watch, a good pair of sunglasses is always a Would she be overstepping if she got, because I love your advice of getting him things that are already in his repertoire. So yeah. it's like, kind of like a nice, like, this yeah. is an extension of something I thought that you right. already had. Do you think she should try to get him a watch? Uh, you know, like, I don't know. Like, it, it really depends on what he likes. Mm. I think it's, it's start off easy, start off slow with a t-shirt, something like that. See what he, li if he likes it. You want, your first, the, the first instance for this experiment is his reaction. Mm. Because based on the reaction is then how you will continue. Yes. Right? So you don't want to go all out and be like, oh, I'm going to get him this. I'm going to get him that. I'm going to get him this. And then you did all this work and it's just like mute point. Right. So what you do, start off small, get something, be like, oh my God, babe, I saw this at the store. It was so cute. I thought of you. I thought you'd love it. Let me know what you think. And if he's receptive to it, wait a while. Hold off. Yes. Let him enjoy that. And then maybe throw in something else. Don't start barraging him with all these things that you bought. No, you want to like you never because they they know like they even even though straight men are naive, they start to see a pattern. Right. <laughs> so, I mean, think about it. Also, like, let me tell you something. Is this a pattern? Yeah. Let me tell you something. You don't need a lot to look good. Right. I think she's trying to it's like trying to have him update it. So, his, you know, not. Obviously, right. she loves him very much, but it's just trying to have him for him even. So it just kind of like fits a little better. Do you know what's the most sexiest thing on a man mm. is that a very well form-fitting black t-shirt. Looks so good. Jeans. Totally. Black jeans and a good pair of shoes. Yeah. That's it. I have a I have a friend who lives in Long Island. Very successful attorney. Very successful attorney. That's what he wears? And he wears black shirts, jeans. And the only thing you can tell that he is successful is by his watch. Mm. And you don't, that's the thing. You don't need to be flashy to tell people you're successful. Right. You don't, you don't need for what? Yeah. Let me tell you something. I used to be like, oh, I want this and I want that and I want that. No. Now get myself a nice watch uh, and investment pieces. Investment something, piece. Investment piece is something that gives you a return of investment. So like a Birkin bag will always be a return of investment. A Rolex watch oh my will God. always be a return I've of investment. I've heard people say, I've never computed when people say this. What? At all when they talk about return investment on the clothes. Because oh, yeah. to me, I'm like, I'm going to spill stuff on it. No, don't get clothes. Get, uh, buy yourself something nice. But let me, honestly, you can just walk around with a black t-shirt and black jeans and people will know that you're stylish. Watch a Birkin bag, you know, so something that's like- So we gotta get like, him a Birkin bag. <laughs> yeah, but no, honestly, to go back to the question, 
you just start off slowly. I think that's great advice of getting him because I had so Lexi got me this like really nice black T-shirt and she was like, I want I think you should try looking a little cooler. And I was like and she said it really nicely. And I was yeah. and I was like, I'm trying, I'm trying. And she was like, but she was like, this looks cool. And, I, and then she got it and I was kind of I didn't wear it for like three months. And then I wore it and I didn't take it off for like five days. Yeah. And then I got mustard on it. I said, it's out. Yeah. It's done. I love Lexi, by the way. I just want you to know that. Yes, I appreciate that. She, I, she feels the she's, same way. She's always such a, like a ray of sunshine whenever I see her. Great she energy. She means a lot. I agree. Yeah. Oh, also, not to be too ADD, but you know what it made me think of when you were talking about start off small and then see how he reacts to it and yeah. all that? Made me think of that was always my approach with introducing butt stuff in a relationship because I would always be like, okay, I want the person, like I would always try to just kind of be like massaging the butt and then if they backed into it, then I would do a little more. You know, you know that's how oh, I approach. That's appro so interesting. I thought of that right when you were saying that. I was like. I've I never bottomed. Good, really? I don't know yeah. why I said good for you. That was bottom, anti-bottom of me. Oh my God. No, yeah. I, I've I never it. bought it. Bottoms you know, make the world go let around. Let me tell you something. I'm not into that gay shit. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's the clip. Now we're going to ask Oscar anything. Oh, gosh. Here we go. Do you think your straight male friends act differently around you than they do around their other straight male friends? Basically, do you think straight guys act differently around you than... Yes. You think so? Yeah. They do. And it's not... And uh, and I noticed this a lot in the comedy mm. world, where when straight men see me, they have this weird need to say hello to me in a feminine voice. What? Yeah. They have this weird need to like say hello to me in a very weird, like it's almost like they're like, hey, Oscar. And I'm like, hi, you don't have to do that. <laughs> is it are they being comical or is it like, I don't know if they're being comical or if they're doing it for any other reason, but they, they do that. And it, it annoys me sometimes. Cause I'm like, yeah, maybe that's who I am, but I can do that with another gay man. But why would you do that to like you don't I, you don't need to do that to me, like and they think it's like and they they have this weird thing that they think it's hysterical. Hey, girl, from, no, I don't need you don't need to do that to me. Let me tell you something. If I were like if you were at like the cellar, sure, and comedy club in New York, yeah, right. If you were at the cellar and like Jay Jordan and Ateo Lane and all those people were sitting two there, gay men, yep, right, two very very really good. Uh, gay comics, yep. if they were sitting at a table and you went up to them and said that to them, be like, hey, girlfriends, they'd be like, who the fuck does this guy think he is? Right. We're like, I, and I don't know. Maybe it's because like they think we're like friendly. But in the end, you don't need to. You can just say hello to me. But even no comics idea. who are not my friends would do that. Do and straight like, men in general, like not comedians do it? Uh, no. Hmm. No. Maybe it's like the, I wonder I if know. it's I wonder if it's because they're nervous around me. Mm. Could be like a nervous tick. Yeah. Like it's trying to like it's like overcompensating, like trying to show some form of comfort. Or they're trying to they don't know how to talk to me. Right. So they they are coming up to my level. Right. Because I'm always better. I, have, uh, I can't. That's such that a, is shade. That is intended shade. That is such an odd behavior too. It's kind of like I've heard people talk about it too, where it's like someone if they're at a say they're at like a Mexican restaurant and they go to order a margarita, then all of a sudden they start doing the accent, doing yeah. an accent, and you're like, what yeah, are you like to order a margarita, please?" Right? And you're oh, like, "What? Okay, Ned. Okay, <laughs> Barbara. <laughs> right? Where where is this coming from? That is so. I've never. But hmm. I will say this though. For me, I have done that, but I'm also practicing Spanish. 
Fair. So, no, like, course. yesterday I went to Los Tacos. Yes. And I was like, I'm going to try ordering in Spanish because I'd like to actually practice my Spanish. Right. Obviously, I'm paying for Duolingo. Why not try it? Right? There, so maybe the, those best case scenario, those straight guys are trying to practice their... Duolingo gay <laughs> app on me? Get out of here. Get out. Don't make excuses for them. But that does happen, though. Like, when I... I have a lot of straight friends and we... It's a... How do I say this? I am a man who is gay, mm-hmm. not a gay man. I feel you. Now, I don't know if people might take offense to that, but there is a difference because I am a man and my lifestyle does not lead my life. Mm, it's also like having it be like, okay, I'm I'm taking a stake to say this isn't my main personality point. Right. If you talk to me, this isn't something I'm going to be circling back to that all the time. Right. Like yeah. So when I'm a comic, I'm a comic who's gay. Not a gay comedian, right? Yes, yes. I have gay jokes. Yes, sure. I talk about gay things. But I also push outside that sphere and say, okay, what? I don't want to be just talking about gay because I need to, you got to be able to reach a broad audience. And it's not, if it's and not, nowadays who you, are you can. And there's nothing wrong with that. Sure. But that's also just not what I think about as my life and what I want to talk about. Right. Like if we were talking at a party, that wouldn't be all right. we'd be talking about. I mean, in my case, the dip. I'd be going in and talk, the dip, the dip. What do you think of the dip? What's the dip? Like the dip. Like what kind of dip do they have? Did you get the dip? You oh. know, dip is, a, oh. you know, cheese dip. dip. Oh my God. God. You I'm eat fun at a party. At parties? Oh yeah. God. Go no. for the dip. Don't Taste the dip. I don't eat. That's why you never see any food at gay parties. <laughs> Can straight people handle non-monogamous relationships? No. Just no. not in the sphere of... Just not in the cards for Too emotional. One of those people is always going to be emotional. That's why in gay relationships, it it works because gay men know how to separate emotion from sex. Mm. There is a point where we never involve emotion into sex until we find someone. But we've always, we've kind of like, we've had our sexual liberation. So we know how to have sex, but also have emotion. But we we can separate the two and i don't think straight people can go through that i know i've had a hard time separating the two as much as i love the idea of it like love the idea of just totally separating it then something happens and i just start clicking around then i don't yep yep so straight people i don't think they can and i I think the reason is straight people haven't gone through their sexual revolution they haven't they really haven't. They are still ashamed of sex mm. in so many different ways. And I think it's getting better. But like you got like there's so much shame behind everything in sex. Why? For what? I've talked about that before. With, I forget where I maybe was my therapist, but we were talking about Chelsea Barbara. We were talking about how, you know, maybe when you're in the closet, you're reflecting on your sexuality so much because you're dealing with it. So then it gives you more time to then think about like, what am I into? Like, well, I'm already in here thinking about having yeah. to own this thing, then how do I then, what, what is it that I'm into? What is it that I'm fighting yeah, for? Yeah, because like when you die, are you going to have a lot of sex? No, you don't know. No one's ever come back from the, like the spiritual the life and be like, hey, let me tell you something. Right. They are fucking, fucking like crazy. <laughs> yeah. They are just, I mean, my God, it is orgy central. Satan sucked my dick right? off. Like, yes. No one's ever come back and been like, you know, everybody always comes back and they're like, oh, it's so beautiful and there's clouds and angels. Nobody's ever come back and been like, man, they were fucking. So you, you know? gotta, get, gotta get it in now. <laughs> I think I might use that as a bit. Do it. Yeah. But it's true though. So going back to that, people don't have enough sex. 
I think if people, if straight people had more sex, we'd have less problems in the world. Mm. Because so many things trickle down to sexual or like repression and energy and then like feeling like you can't talk about something and then something going wrong or like compartmentalizing. Yeah. That happens in all communities. Let me tell you something. Maybe not with gay men though. No, let me tell you something. Uh, it, you know, if, when I get laid, I don't care. Afterwards, I'm, I don't give a fuck. I don't care. The ho- My apartment could be burning down. All I know is that I just had really good sex. And my everything around me be like, oh, you you know, ask your apartments. Well, okay, I'll let me, hold on, give me a second, let give me, me clean second. up. Let me let me finish my cigarette. Yeah, let, let me, me finish my cigarette, sure. and I'm gonna I'm gonna come out. But that's the thing is that if more people felt pleasure from enjoying sex more, there'd be less problems in the world. Yeah, I think sometimes I'll make it too big a deal. Like I'll be like, who are you? I remember yeah. I was supposed to have a one night stand once. I was really drunk. We were driving back. It was New Year's Eve. We were both in the back of an Uber, and I said. We were wasted. But I remember being like, wait, 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 I don't even know you. Are, uh, uh, are you anti-Semitic? And she was like, oh, my God, like, are you even Jewish? And I was like, would it matter if I was? And she was like, what? And she was like, no, I'm not anti-Semitic. And then she was like, my name's Judy. I work in AIDS research. I'm Korean. I'm first generation American. And I was like, all right. Oh, my God, you slept with Judy? <laughs> <laughs> I did years ago, but Just that was kidding. what I was so like. Wouldn't that be funny though if if I was like Judy? Judy. Oh my god, I love Judy. No, <laughs> but it was that's me being like all of a sudden I was like, wait, we can't do this. I, I, I yeah. anti-Semitic. And she's like, what? Let me, let me, hold on one second. Well, I just want to say this. I know I keep cutting you off, no, no, but please. I, want to, I do want to say this. You've never seen gay people start a war. Never, never. Do you want to know why? Because mm-hmm. we're too busy getting laid, getting a dick, getting yeah. yeah. You've never seen gay people start any type of, for what? Right. What are you doing? We're busy. Yeah, we're busy. We're busy. I don't have time for that. You gotta work, you gotta sleep. We're swipe. either having sex or at brunch. Fair. That's it. Right. Or decorating. Not to be stereotypical, but that's what we're doing. What's the main thing women misunderstand about men? <laughs> uh, love language. Mm. I think they, I think women don't understand how straight men say I love you. How do they say I love you? I know for my dad. Commitment. Oh. Commitment, support, being there for you. That's their love language. Remember, straight men were never, straight men didn't grow up thinking about all the things that women think about, Mm. right? They're like, your job, because they've been attuned to this by society, is that your job is to create a home, have a wife, procreate, Take care of your wife. And that's changed rapidly too. But it there has are changed. seeds of it back from, you know, because I'm 37. So I remember that yeah. bubbling around yeah. up through. I mean, I even divorce wasn't that. My parents were like the first people I knew that got divorced. Like things like that modern, like shifting of the family structure leaps and bounds. Yeah. So that is like a, a, a man's ability to commit and show support and recognition. That is their love language, you know? And if you get a little romance, then honey, you got icing on the cake. What would be your perfect date? Oh my God. Have you been waiting for someone to My perfect date. Realistically or hypothetically? Can I do both? Do both. Hypothetically, um, he picks me up in his Mercedes Benz. Yes. Takes me and he was like, hey, listen, we're going to Rolex. I'm getting a watch. You get anything you want. 
uh, on me. First date. And then he takes me to dinner. Yes, because I'm worth it. Yes, yes. Right? And then he takes me to St. Ambrose for dinner because that's where all of the high-end people go. I don't even know what that is. It's an Italian restaurant in the West Village, but it is the place to be for fashion's fashion and you know, people, or you have them take you to, uh, what's Cip- not Cipriani, the other one down on uh, Broadway. I don't know one restaurant. That's okay. Uh, and then he just, you know, buys me things. Mm, that's the, that's the hypothetical first date. Right. Now the reality is picks me up in his Mercedes. Yes. <laughs> takes me to the Rolex store. <laughs> <laughs> asks me what watch I want. I we, we, He gets me the watch and then takes me to dinner to St. Ambrose. Because do you want to know something? Mm. Realistically and hypothetically will be the same thing because of the manifestation that I put into it. The secret. Because I am going to find. Yes. Not I am. I have. You, you have. I have a man who is going to do that for it's me. It's just connecting. Right. It's just the universe finding someone who can do that I'm for ma- me. I'm into mantras. I have to like get more. I have to stick with it more because I got myself in some credit card problems when I did mantras before because I was like, I already have the money and then I spent the money and then I spent all this money at Marshall's and then I had to pay it back. Yeah. So I so much money because I was in my mind. I was like, I'm already rich. And then yeah. I got because I was like, I will. I'm going to sell the screenplay. I am already in the movie. I'm in the movie. I'm in the yeah. movie. And then when I got the credit card bill, I said, fuck. Yeah. Where's the movie? I know, I know. It's it's one of those things where it's like I used to be uh, a very pessimistic person mm. and very, you know, I didn't think highly of the future. And uh, I realized that with everything that I'm going through, which is a lot, mm-hmm. there's an affirmation that I listen to on a daily basis Ooh, please. sometimes an hourly basis please. it's this woman i love her i just play the video cuz it just it, it calms helps. me it says all is well everything is working out for my highest good out of this situation only good will come and i am safe mm. cuz that safe is big is big for me and one of the things that i'm working through with my therapist is i'm not good with change like i'm good with change but i'm not good with change. Mm-hmm. I'm not good that things aren't consistent. Friends, life, money, job, things aren't consistent. I need them I need them to con- be consistent because it allows me the Secure. safe and security yeah. that I so desperately need. I have a very hard time conceptualizing change even though there's right. so little stability in my life, big changes, I get rocked. Right. And so for me, I'm learning a more positive aspect of how to fundamentally look at life. And so that, when I, I say that. now, is that I will have all these things. Yes. Right? I have all these things. I believe. Right. I have all these things. And the universe is working out for my, working out in my favor. I'll, I'm going to give you an example. Do I provides. have time to give you an example? Yes. Thank you very much, by the way. <clears throat> I have a car. Yes. Uh, my friends let me buy it from them, okay? This car is wonderful, but it's also been kind of giving me problems recently. Uh, my aunt passed away in April, and I have a little montage to my aunt above my refrigerator. I have the telephone. Like, she had one of those rotary telephones, so she called me on that, and I kept that because mm-hmm. that meant a lot to me because that's when she would call me. I have mm-hmm. a picture. I have the doorbell from her home because I would ring it every time I went, and I was like, mm-hmm. I don't want anybody else to have that. That's mine. And so on Sunday, 
I went apple picking, like apple pumpkin picking with some Cute. friends. And I, I looked at my aunt and I said, this car has been a lot of trouble. If I'm not meant to have this car, I need the universe to show me a sign. As soon as I got in the car, it started sputtering. Two of the cylinders in the car, in the engine, are misfiring. And honestly, right now, I don't need this. I don't need this trouble. And the universe is showing me that. And I'm open to that. I feel that. I've When I'm open to it, then I do. Like, there are signs I've received, especially around, like, with me and not drinking. I remember there was one... I'll say it real quick because this was just insane. I was walking around and I was like feeling really depressed. And I was like, you know what? Yeah, I haven't been drinking for a while, but you know what? Screw this. Like, I'm going to screw this. I'm going to. And this person walks up to me and goes, I wanted to give you a flower. And I was like, I don't want to buy a flower. Like, a, like no, no right. get out of here. And he was like, I'm not trying to sell you a flower. He was like, I just wanted to give you this flower and that's and say that you're loved. And I was like, what? He was like, I just, I just wanted to say that you're loved and I want you to have this flower and I hope you have a good rest of your night and you'll be home soon or something like that. And then they walked off and I was like, who in the fuck? But also I literally had been like, truly, I was like thinking that, I was like, screw this, fuck this. And then I was like, I do, like this was the most literal sign. Yeah. It was uncanny. Yeah. And I know, you know, and I'm very, in, I, but then someone, I, I sometimes I shut myself off for that. So I'm so glad that you are regularly opening yourself up to it. Oh yeah, I totally now believe in signs. I'm walking down the street the other day, maybe about two, three weeks ago. I'm feeling a little depressed about things and life and what's happening. And like, you know, you, a lot of comedy you do is comparison and you're mm -hmm. looking at other people and I'm like, oh, am I good enough in this and that? You tell yourself you are, but there'll always be moments of doubt. I'm walking down the street, Soho. I'm just, I'm crossing the street. This guy gets out in these two and he's got like this family and he was like, hey, you're a really good comic. And I was like, what? And he was like, yeah, I saw you once. And I just got to tell you, you're really funny. And I was like, oh, Thank it's you. the universe reminding right. you that the path that you're on is the right one. And the timeline that you want it to be on yeah. isn't necessarily the timeline that it is on. Right. Now, if anybody wants any type of these motivational speeches, you can go to my Instagram, DM me, and I will I will do this for you for a low introductory rate of one ninety nine ninety nine. Now, now if you buy five of these, I will give you a bulk discount of five percent. Thank you. Sold. <laughs> what celebrity did you idolize the most as a kid? Oh my God. Um, honestly? Honestly. Enrique Palacios. Ooh, I don't know who that is. He is a male model mm. that used to be very big in the late 90s and 2000s. You can look him up. He's fucking gorgeous. I think he turned Trumpy, though. Really? Yeah. Ain't but, that a bitch? I know. Isn't that a bitch? It is. All of a sudden you're following <laughs> him and then you're like, whoa. Yeah, Enrique Palacios. Uh, he is stunningly gorgeous and i was like oh god he's so hot that's 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 who i idolize yeah is it possible to form new close friendship as an adult how do you keep friendships alive i think you are someone that is very good at creating i mean i'm i'm jumping to it but i think i have thoughts friendships are hard friendships are hard you know what's interesting about friendships may i get a little philosophical please imagine you know i said no i don't yeah. think so. she was like this is absolutely we not. keep it fun here can you not please anything on friendships because i i've been thinking a lot about adult friendships um i've had a lot of loss in my life mm -hmm. and one of the most interesting things 
about when you go through a tremendous amount of loss is you see who your friends are. Mm. And I remember I watched uh, Big Bang Theory and I remember when Howard's mom passed away. I never saw the show. And he had this very close group of people, his friends, and in that moment when his mom passed away, they were just there. They were, what can mm. we do? How can I help you? And I always had hoped that I would have that. And I noticed that sometimes it's not like that. It's not like the TV shows. And maintaining adult friendships really comes down to who is there for you when these things in life happen to you. I couldn't agree more to it because also it's like when you're not, you know, it's easy when something is easy yeah. and it's on the up and up and there's not emotional labor or emotion or, or like it could be even in the sense of if someone's doing well or it, it's in whatever sense, but yeah. it's really when it's like, who is there and who are you going to be there for when it takes more compassion and time and maybe it's not convenient or maybe it's not quote unquote cool or whatever it is. Right. That's when something's sincere, when something's not fickle. When I have to say, I was very shocked at who reached out uh, in these recent months of mm. loss. And I was also shocked at who did not. I think that that's a really great lesson in terms of like being there for someone and cultivating adult friendships where it's like, yeah. you know, one thing too, if you do want to be someone's friend, because now the commodification of oversharing, I feel like oversharing now, like if someone just opens up to you and just like tells you everything about them, that can build a friendship, but we get it all the time online. So I think you saying that made me really think like, it's like, yes, a big part of forming adult friendships is making sure, you know, taking that extra moment to be there when the person is hurting. Yeah, because I think people, and it's hard because, you know, you'll get the answers like, oh, well, maybe they're not really good and, you know, in times of loss and death and this sure. and that. But anybody who understands compassion and love and understands the meaning of support right, is someone that you inevitably just want to keep as a friend. Because like, you know, the people that reached out to me like and just and called me mm -hmm. or was like, hey. When can we talk? It meant more to me than any message that I'll get on Instagram from people that I know right. that have my phone number. Because I'm like, you couldn't just, you, we've done all these things and we, you know, we've hung out and you couldn't just call me and say, hey. And that's where you know. That's where you understand where friendship so is. So it is possible to make adult friends, but. I would say it's, you know, it's so funny is that as adult friends, we have like, our life. Right. And how do you, and it's, it's, a, it's a piece of, like, it's a puzzle, right? How does your life fit into my life? Mm -hmm. And how does someone else's life fit into my life? And if it's something where we can easily come together, or it's not complicated. That's why you hear moms, I've heard just grumbling from, like, my sisters or friends with kids where they're like, I'm stuck with this fucking mom group and this bitch. And, but it's like, they're always, it's like, how great is it if you like the mom? But if you yeah. don't, cause imagine we had two kids the same age, our kids are friends yeah. and then we don't get along. Yeah. Fuck. Oh, the Here fact that you Debbie. think that I would want kids, Emma, Jesus. Oh gosh. <laughs> Obviously you're not my friend. I shouldn't know that.
like that she threw that insult at me. Little baby Oscar. Yeah. Could you imagine? Oh my God. I can't Can imagine. I just say I would be the coolest parent, by the way. I would be literally, I would be that parent that would be like, don't let anybody talk to you or disrespect you at all. And now we're going to go to Gucci. Thank you very much. Come on. Their name would be Gucci. Yeah. No, I wouldn't do that because no. that's just, ugh. No, I would. I was like, I want to bring back old people names. Like, like I want to bring back Gertrude. Do it. Uh, Gert? Who doesn't love a good Gert's, Gert? Gert's cute. Never met a Gertrude in my life. Yeah. That's a great name. I'm good friends with an Esther. Isabel? I mean, I feel like that's a name, but like a Gert? Gert. Ah. Hosh. Gert. Okay, so before we do the apology surrogate, I had asked last time if you guys wanted to keep the segment or not, and the majority of the responses, actually all of them except for one, was keep it, it's therapeutic, it's fun. I'm going to read the dissent, or the one that was not for it, because um, I, I think it's important to hear all the sides. just want to put it out there. I don't know if Oscar has any thoughts on it. We'll see. Okay. Hi, Emma. Hello. I love the show Ask Men Anything because it asks everyone to put down their assumptions about gender and socialization for a second and listen to men being earnest. I think Apology Surrogate is basically in conflict with that. It assumes that the man did something wrong to the writer, possibly out of malice, and requires the male guest to stop being earnest and instead hang himself on the cross for something he didn't do and may think it's more complicated than it's being presented. I think one thing the show hits on pretty regularly is that there's a complex web of expectations and socializations built into maleness just like femaleness, and it does everyone a disservice when we pretend otherwise. This segment's assumption of guilt just doesn't make sense to me. Neither does the idea that a person deserves apologies when they feel bad because of something someone else did that was probably just following their heart or being authentic to themselves, even if themselves seems shitty. In fact, on the topic of maleness, men rarely give or receive apologies. They're expected to move on. I love that someone got <laughs> chat GBT to write that for them. I'm good. Good for you. Good for you. Does it sound robotic to you? Oh, my God. Like someone like obviously a man went to chat GPT and said, I'm not happy with a segment where men have to apologize. Please write a response that I can send in. And that thus is what you just read off. You know, because it's also like the assuming the guilt I would say and maybe I can do a better job with saying we're not assuming the guilt here but we are doing an apology for someone we're validating the person that wrote in not the person who committed the 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 mean thing that did or whatever happened or not happened what is real is the person's interpretation of it so we're going to apologize on that person's behalf Oh, sounds like someone has a lot of guilt on them. <laughs> Just throwing that out there. And then at this last one. What it, is that person sorry for? Is mm, <laughs> I didn't do anything. Like, okay, okay. Yeah. Men rarely give or receive apologies. They're expected to move on. Is that true? Now, I think as a male in a male-dominated world, they're not expected to feel emotions and they're not expected to, they show signs of apology and sadness and crying as a weakness, right? right? And you're never supposed to be weak. Right. So to them, apologizing is showing a sign of weakness. They were never taught, a lot of these guys were never taught that apologizing is actually a form of respect. Yes. And saying that you just, be, you don't, listen, 
you, it's okay to be wrong. Mm. But for some reason, they've been ingrained in this thought that being wrong is a sign of weakness. No, you're not weak. You're just being respectful. It hits on a lot of things too, because it's like, it's it's communication. It's being in touch with feelings. It's like you're untangling. It's one of those things where it's like, in this situation, this is the best example I can think of, where it was like, where so many things had to go wrong to get to this moment. Like, one time, I can't think of any better example, but I had an apartment and I had bulk ordered diapers. Bear with me. I bulk ordered diapers because I was sick of getting my period and I was like, I'm just sick of it. So I tried bulk ordering diapers. Now bear with me. I'm going to bring it around. Wow. So I bulk order all these diapers, right? You are diapers, just right? opening up. Hold on. Okay. All right. So I bulk order all these diapers. <laughs> then I forget about it. I'm like, this is ridiculous. It's not going to work. But I had already bulk ordered all these diapers. My sister and her husband send me the message. They say, hey, we're in town. Can we spend the light at your place last minute? I said, yeah. So they get to my place and then I realize I was out of town. I realized, oh my God, there's diapers everywhere. And I also, I forgot to turn on like the, whatever it was, like the electric or whatever, the lights weren't working. So they get there and they go, the lights are out and there's diapers everywhere. And I said, yeah, so here's what happened. Lots of things went wrong to bring us to this point. I forgot, I forgot to turn it on. That was my bad. I forgot to get rid of all these diapers. So this to me connects to men and apologizing because it's like so many different things play into the struggle here. Does that make sense? Yeah. You went the long way, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You really I, like, she took that flight to like Ibiza and back and she was like, okay, but we're going to do it. And you know what? You committed to the point. Good for you. As I was saying diapers, I was like, just bear with me. Just bear with me. Just bear with me. <laughs> it's like when comics are doing a bit on stage and the audience is like, where the fuck are they going with this one? And you're like, stay with me. Stay with Give me. Give me one. Let me tell you something Please. though. Do you want to know something? Mm. I'm pretty sure that that listener... 99.999% sure that was a man would not have written that if he had gotten laid. Oh my goodness. I appreciate all, taking the time to like think it out and write this, even if it was chat GPT potentially, oh. yeah. because a lot of times when someone has a problem with something, they'll just be like, fuck you. Like I hate that. You know, people from Maine are stupid or whatever. So that you took the time to write this out and put yourself out there. I just want to say, I really appreciate that. Okay. Now we're going to do the segment where we do the apology surrogate. Oscar, I'm going to read you this email, and then I want you to take it upon yourself to apologize to this listener on behalf of the man who wronged her. Okay. Okay. Dear Emma and man, I would love an apology from my boss who didn't communicate what he wanted clearly and decided to let me know in front of the VP of the company that my work was unsatisfactory, making me look stupid and incompetent. Love, a competent, embarrassed, and angry betch. Dear betch. Dear betch. Dear betch. My sincerest apologies for calling you out in front of the VP and telling you that your work wasn't good enough. I just want you to know that your work is actually better than my work, but I had to call you out so that I didn't look bad in front of the vice president. You are actually an amazing employee, and I am incompetent, thus needing the vice president to validate me so that way you don't take my job. I just want you to know you're amazing, you're awesome, and I'm a moron. Oh my God, that was incredible. Maybe we should have Oscar do all the apologies. That was extremely <laughs> therapeutic. Great job. I'll tell you right now, if a straight guy came out with that apology, I mean, that would be, that was amazing. Yeah. That was a great apology. Thank yeah. you, Oscar. You Thank are you welcome. For that. And let me tell you something. 
Fuck that guy. Fuck that man. Fuck that the guy. The fucking moron. Idiot. Let me tell you something. Piece of shit. Don't worry. You'll have his job in mm-hmm. no time. That's right. He can't even spell VP. Yeah. Fuck him. All right. Now we're going to do a lightning round. I just, I, I just want to say one more time. I love Betches. I really want to. I just want to say. I want. I hope everybody at Betches. Isn't this office so beautiful too? I know. But I want everybody at Betches to know that it is an honor to be here. And I absolutely adore you guys. Thank you so much. And thank you, Emma. Of course. Yeah. Lightning round. Who, what, where, when, how? Oh, are we talking about the people I slept with? <laughs> oh, God. We're going to bring Next. them in. Next bring segment. Them in. Next segment. Do you want to know something really awkward? Please. I have so many DNAs in my phone. DNAs? Do not answer. Oh, my God. Yeah. So, like, if you, like, I'll show you. And when you just I call was, it DNA? Yeah. When I was single, I had something called, I have them in my contacts, and it's called DNA. And so uh, it's basically, yeah, so like this, see? We're talking a lot of DNAs. Like it's literally just a scroll, a scroll, a scroll, a scroll and these are of dates? DNAs. Just do not answer. And it's not like a spam number? No, it's guys that I've messaged. Mm. Played Parcheesi with. Messaged. <laughs> yeah, we had Messages. oral communication. And now DNA. Yeah. Who do men? I think that's what we should call below jobs from now on. DNA exchange? No, oral communication. That's very professional. Well, oh, I love it. I'm going to put that on my resume. Oral commu- I am proficient in oral communication. Excel. I excel at it, if anything. <laughs> Who do men want to avoid? Gosh. Straight men or gay men? Either one. Straight men want to avoid any type of guy that they feel is threatening. Mm. Gay men want to avoid any guy that they've slept with and don't want anyone to know. What? <laughs> so was that? DNA, DNA, DNA. Yeah. What do men do to psych themselves up? Straight men listen to music. That's what I do, jock jams. Yeah. Like uh, a good, you know, jock jams or something like that. They're like, fuck yeah, let's go, bro. And I think- That's what I gay, do. I mean, gay men do it too, but then they also douche. Douche. Yeah. That's where you clean out your butt with water? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's what psychs them up. Now, that's not every gay man. Right. Just almost every gay man in New York City. I've had a douche is different from an enema. Yeah. Okay. No. I'll Google. I'll Google. Yeah. This is so weird. It's like one lesbian and one gay man, and neither of us understand right now we should know things work down there because neither of us have done it but i've done i've gone and had them do put things in the coffee enema yeah but have you ever been penetrated in your ass it's a conversation for another time but see that's the thing i i don't know i have yeah i did oh you have yeah i had this ex-girlfriend i've never i've you know i i bought a toy i've done butt stuff to glad to lots of i've done it but tons of times it's my specialty it's what i used to feel set me apart as a lover but I had this ex-girlfriend when I was drinking a lot and um, we did it. Interesting. With I, bought it, I bought a dildo. Good for you. And now I just use, I just like stuck it to the wall and now I just, I just use it to pull myself up from the toilet. <laughs> also, having doing a fucking full on dildo yourself alone, I mean, that would be. Oh, it's exhausting. Exhausting. Who's got the time? Oh, you know, you got to, oh, it's so much work and then, you know, you shower and the water pressure gets less and then you're like, okay, you know. It's, it's just a young person's game. Yeah. Where do men put on the biggest front? Straight men, their dick. And <laughs> gay men, <laughs> their abs, <laughs> their waistline. <laughs> 
That's where they come up with the biggest front. I don't know. I mean, like, yeah, I think straight men are like very much like my tool. My tool is the fucking best, bro. I know what the fuck to do with my. And then, oh no, mm-hmm. I think straight men. Sorry, Please. I really sound like someone's grandmother right now. <laughs> but I think that straight men put on a front when they think they know how to eat pussy. Oh, that I'm sorry. I think straight men put on a front when they think they're good in bed. There we go. That's it. Clip, cut, edit, post. So I have a thing. I always think whenever someone's talking about being really good at something like that, that yeah. to me is a red flag because I would I would never say more or less than someone asking like about sexual or sexual prowess. I say it's it's a communication between the two people. So I can't speak to myself in any regard. I can just say it depends on you and the person that you're with. The second someone starts making blanket statements, can you, do you usually have some self-awareness of if you're a giving lover or whatever it is? Of course. But you don't want, the more you're putting it out there, red flag. Let me tell you something. Straight men, they love to put on a front when it comes to sex because they think they're really good at it. And 90% of the time, they are trash. When do men feel the hottest? Uh, After getting laid. Both gay and straight. When a man gets laid, we're like, yeah, fuck yeah. We know. We know. (laughs) That's where I think gay men and straight men are the same. Aligned. As as soon as we both, either one of us, whenever we get laid, we're like, yeah, we're the shit. How do men think other people see them? Straight men, they don't think other people see them. Mm-hmm. It's only them. It mm. is that. That's it. Straight men only see themselves. They're like, what? There's other people here? Okay. <laughs> I guess that Gay is like men, the ultimate privilege to not be aware of something. Oh, yeah. That's the... I mean, listen. They are so unaware of so many things. That's why there's so many problems in the world. If straight men were more aware of a lot of things, we'd have less problems. Number two... Uh, uh, and for gay men is that they're over aware of everything. So mm. they're always aware. Like I now don't go to Fire Island Pines anymore because I do not fit the mold of what they what? want when it no. comes to like body mass index, right? So like they have a measure when you get off the ferry and they're like, hey, I'm so sorry, but your BMI is actually higher than what's allotted on the island only because it's sinking, right? And they don't want to add that extra weight to the sand dunes because then it's like, oh, what, what do you do, right? You're picturing in your head as you're going over on the ferry. Yeah. Like, can we turn this thing around? Fire Island is I am kidding, by the way. Gay guy's island. But not really. Mm. Yeah. I mean, there's. I've seen the pictures of the place. Yeah. And it is, I don't know how people do it. What was the question again? Where? The question was, oh, I'm sorry. How do men think other people see them? Oh, uh, I think gay men think that every other man wants them. Straight men too? No. Mm. Straight men aren't aware and gay men are overtly aware. This is my opinions, by Mm. the way. I just want all the listeners to know. I don't want the listeners to come in my DMs and be like, how dare you speak for the rest of the gay community? I'm like, girl, calm down. Because I know a part of you is thinking the same thing. Thank you very much. Also, it's we've got to get... I'll take cu- self-awareness for a thousand, Alex. Oh, self-awareness. That's all I've got. That's <laughs> yeah. all I got. Yeah. Also, it's like the phrasing of the question is, how do men... So you're working with what you're getting asked, no. too, of no, course. Yeah, no, no. And you're doing a great job, and I appreciate Thank you. you. You're welcome. And this leads us perfectly into our outro... Thank you so much for being here, Oscar. Oh my God. Uh, thank you so much for Where having can me. people find you? People can find me on Instagram. It's Oscar Aiden. And then on TikTok, Oscar Aiden. And 
Yeah, that's about it. And then uh, my calendar is in my IG. So if you want to come see me perform, just click on that and it'll show you all the shows that I'm at. And I strongly recommend go see Oscar perform. It's such a good time. Feel good, fun time. Oh, I have such a good time performing. That's important. Yeah. Because people can tell. I'm like a straight. What's funny is like I'm like a straight man now because mm. I don't care. Ooh. But straight men now care when they're on stage about what people think of them, and like I don't care. So it's huh. just, it's like the roles are reversed. I love it. Also, I've noticed straight comics recently have become obsessed with gay people. Oh yeah, it's all fucking like everything that they talk about is gay. I do you want to know why? Because they're gay. So I the wondered, gay. it used to be sometimes if I'd go after a gay comic, I'd say, okay, I'm going to change my set around a little bit because they maybe we covered some overlap. Yeah. Now with straight comics, they're just gay, gay, gay. Yeah. Unbelievable. Gay and this and trans and that and gay and this happening? and that. And I'm like, good. I'm gonna move on next. Gosh, yeah. why are you so obsessed with us? It's interesting. Thank you everyone for listening to Ask Men Anything. Please DM me at Emma Wilman on Instagram or email your questions to ama at betches.com for our next guest. And if you have anything you'd like to say regarding this episode's answers, please send them in and we'll read them on our next episode. I'll talk to you next week when we Ask Men Anything. Ask Men Anything is produced by Sean Kilby and Rebecca Steinberg. Editing by Jazz Zapatos, Rebecca Steinberg, and Shannon Sasson. Guest booking by Anna Zagzag. Send your emails to ama at betches.com. Betches.